an attempt at a ranking. It's a double dose of the D3 Datacast this week with a special bonus episode, Matt. We have regional rankings. We need to talk about them. We're not waiting until next week. We need to push out this bonus episode to talk about our predictions, how they turned out now that we have seen the actual regional rankings and uh, a lot of hits, a few misses as to be expected. And I think it gives us a few things to talk about. So let's jump in, Matt. We're going to go in reverse order, just as we did in our predictions episode, which dropped on Monday morning here now, Tuesday afternoon, after the release of the regional rankings, jump in right into region 10. And there's not actually a lot to talk about here because all the teams we thought would be in are in fact in. So just a recap of really the only discussion we had to make was what was going to be uh, what was going to happen with that last team in, um, as we talk through it, you know, there's a difference in winning percentage between Whitman and Whitworth, but Whitworth has the strength of schedule advantage as well as a season sweep. We thought it made sense that Whitworth was in. That's what happened. I don't think there's really, I think we would have been surprised to see that go a different way. It didn't. So in the end, we have Trinity, Texas, Cal Lutheran, Pomona Pitzer, St. Thomas, Texas, Hardin Simmons, Claremont Mud Scripps, and Whitworth in your initial regional rankings in Region 10. Yeah, and to be clear, we only know the the teams that made it. So we don't know that our order was correct other than Whitworth was in and Whitman wasn't in. You know, whether it was actually Claremont Mud Scripps or someone for that last spot, we don't quite know. Uh, we did spend some time talking about the head-to-head there between Whitworth and Whitman playing a factor, and I'm sure it did. Um, but what we're going to see in some other regions means maybe just the SOS difference was going to be plenty to carry the day anyway. Uh, but but anyway, our, our top seven that we had in Region 10 was correct. Uh, so maybe we'll go ahead and talk about some other regions. So moving on to Region 9, Matt, here's another region. We went seven for seven. Uh, I'll just read it down in the order that we have it listed. Of course, it's presented in alphabetical order this week. But we have UW-Platteville, Coe, Loris, Nebraska-Wesleyan, Dubuque, and Central. Strong representation from the American Rivers there, as expected. And then St. John's, which, Matt, this is another opportunity to point out that the regional rankings can't come out on Tuesday afternoon, but they only include games played through Sunday. So we did see a game played Monday, which may have had an impact here. Monday, St. John's played and lost. However, that was not considered as part of this, this set of regional rankings because that data set closed Sunday. St. John's has since already lost, but that loss won't be picked up in the data until next week's regional ranking. So that's an important thing to point out here. Uh, not that we saw a lot of action, a lot of things changing on Monday, but St. John's losing was definitely one that is going to you know, be a factor going forward. Uh, yeah, and I think the interesting thing here in Region 9 is Central Inn and Bethany Lutheran out. As we were talking, Zach, during our episode, I kind of maybe ended up thinking I had done done this one incorrectly and that Bethany Lutheran would get in. Uh, they have a head-to-head win over Central. We ended up taking Central's um, strength of schedule uh, ahead of Bethany Lutheran, or I did at least for the slide. I thought maybe I'd gotten that wrong. Turns out I had I did not. I We got that correct. Um, and it, it's kind of interesting to me. This is going to be a thing to talk about here, but uh, the, the, these two teams, or Bethany Lutheran was 1-0. They won at Central, uh, and yet that you know, almost 150 points, not quite 150 points of winning percentage um, was not enough to make up the 55 points of strength of schedule or whatever. So one point to see um, that I I think strength of schedule is going to be very important. We're going to see it in future slides. Uh, And, uh, you know, maybe head to head isn't 
so important right now. I don't know. I, I'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I didn't. I don't know that I saw a specific case in where we got something wrong that I think it was like a head-to-head -head or a common opponent factor. I think it's mostly with the strength of schedule as we're going to see. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised um, to see that we had gotten this one correct thinking after episode that maybe this was one I had gotten wrong. Next up, Region 8. Matt, here's one of those situations we need to talk about where strength of schedule definitely came in to play. We had St. Norbert in. It turns out that St. Norbert is out in favor of, you know, who knows if it was directly in favor of, but the, the team that we had out that, that took the place of St. Norbert being in in our pr uh, prediction was Carthage. So in Region 8, um, again, reading down just in list order as we have it, Wash U, Elmhurst, Illinois Wesleyan, Anderson, Wisconsin Lutheran, Chicago, and Carthage. Yeah, and we had thought St. Norbert was going to be in. Um, their numbers aren't quite as good as Wisconsin Lutheran, but they have beaten them head-to-head. -head. Now, that was at St. Norbert's home floor, so maybe that 1-0 gets discounted a little bit. Uh, we had been thinking that that would be enough to maybe overcome that SOS gap. It turns out, at least this week, it is not. Um, Carthage getting that spot, so maybe it was last team in, first team out. Um, although one question I maybe have looking at this list is if we're going to do Carthage over say St. Norbert, maybe why are we not doing Hanover over Carthage? We still have 18 points of strength of schedule gap there. And that's kind of a ratio we've seen overcome um, in other places around the country. There is a, like a common opponent difference. I think with Anderson that Carthage does have, have the advantage over Hanover and I'm not advocating for that position, but it's sort of the type of, of thing we've seen elsewhere, uh, especially with like, the central head-to-head -head not overcoming anything uh, or not overcoming enough for, for, for Bethany Lutheran. Um, that makes me wonder if, if a 1-0 common opponent would really move the needle all that much. But uh, yeah, Carthage in, St. Norbert out. Not all that surprising given St. Norbert's low strength of schedule. Uh, but yeah, we thought maybe the head-to-head the -head would do a little bit more work here uh, between St. Norbert and Wisconsin Lutheran than it ended up doing. All right, we have a 0.039 difference in strength of schedule there between St. Norbert and Carthage, which is an important number to keep in mind, Matt, as we go on to Region 7, because that happens to be the exact same difference in strength of schedule uh, between St. Vincent, who in our episode on Monday we had in, and Marietta, who we had out. And here that's making up even bigger of a winning percentage difference. Um, maybe the biggest we've we've seen. But just to run it down in Region 7, we do have Marietta in um, in the official regional rankings released this afternoon. They join John Carroll, Trine, Case Western Reserve, Calvin, Mount Union, and Hope. Yeah, this one ended up surprising us. We had thought that St. Vincent's metrics, um, given their loss to Geneva, which puts them above 500 up at 0.515 strength of schedule gave them a kind of good enough across the board resume to get ranked. Turns out that's it's maybe not the case. Um, Marietta also lost a game, but they have a, a stronger strength of schedule and they got in. I, I think, you know, there's no common opponents between these two games that are different. They both played two of the same teams and both won those games. They have not played each other. So the only primary criteria we can look at are winning percentage and strength of schedule. Uh, we can look at something like non-conference strength of schedule in the secondary criteria, but those are very, very close as well. 514, 520, very slight secondary criteria advantage for Marietta. Um, but we're left with a pretty big difference in winning percentage here for maybe maybe not that big of a strength of schedule. It's a 166 difference in winning percentage in favor of St. Vincent 
and just a 0.039 strength of schedule difference in favor of Marietta. This was kind of surprising to me. In my mind, I can't remember like a bigger winning percentage gap than this being overcome by kind of a significant but maybe more moderate strength of schedule gap. Uh, very surprised to see this. We'll, we'll talk about maybe th some things that we learned as a takeaway, but this was the one that I think I look at and say, wow, this is this is definitely going to be a committee that is going to be very, very favorable towards strength of schedules. Uh, Marietta's winning percentage isn't too low. We've seen like pool C teams selected at that winning percentage, but it's on the low side. It's kind of on the lowest side you want it to be to be maybe pool C viable. Um, this committee is probably not going to shy away from those types of discussions. So we'll have to see how that uh, factors in in other regions and in subsequent weeks. Um, you know, we think this was a region last year where maybe the the regional committee was submitting certain rankings and maybe the national committee was re-ranking those teams in order to get a team with a lower winning percentage and higher strength of schedule uh, ranked in the in the final rankings. L at least that's what you and I have heard, Zach, at least from Region 7. Um Maybe I've heard that. Maybe that's the case this year too. Maybe the the regional committee is more in step with the national committee in this region in that regard. Uh, but even so, I think this is this is as extreme as I've seen with with kind of we're not seeing an unreasonable number here. Five one five one five is a little bit low on strength of schedule, but it's not unreasonable to be ranked given a solid winning percentage. So kind of extreme here in my mind that Marietta's ranked above St. Vincent. Yeah, I feel like this is more the thing you would you would expect to see if you were talking like a 470 versus a 509, right? I'm surprised to see it happen with a with a 515 compared to a, a 554. And you, and you mentioned what we typically see or think of in terms of pool C viable resumes. Now that's a, a slightly different discussion, but generally those low winning percentage, you know, in the 600s somewhere uh, resumes, they're, they're boosted by a strength of schedule number that's closer to like 600. Yeah rather than like mid 500s. So again, that's a slightly different discussion. Um, but yeah, interesting to see. Now, also important to note here, as we go forward, Marietta has certain things in their favor that I don't think this this decision wouldn't have shocked us a week from now when we add in the fact that Marietta has wins over Illinois Wesleyan and Christopher Newport. You know, those are going to be wins against regionally ranked opponents yeah. that get added to the mix next week at St. Vincent isn't going to have anything added to their resume in terms of that. So this decision a week from now, I think would have made a lot more sense. We're just a little bit surprised to see it this week, considering what uh, what criteria that the committee actually has to consider for this first set of rankings. 100%. I'm totally on board with Marietta being above St. Vincent in any type of ranking. But given what the committee is supposed to be allowed to consider this week. I'm surprised they came up with the conclusion that they did. But uh, and I agree, going forward, I would not be surprised if Marietta can keep winning some games to see them continue to be ranked. Well, it's just an interesting case to keep in mind because this is uh, really the only opportunity we have to really isolate winning percentage mm -hmm. versus strength of schedule when we don't have regionally ranked opponents to consider. Uh, you know, here we don't have anything to distinguish Marietta from St. Vincent in terms of common opponents, and they haven't played head to head. This really gives us as good of a look as we can ever get in terms of maybe how this committee is going to balance winning percentage versus uh, strength of schedule. So very interesting to see. All right. On to Region 6, which is another place we had some interesting discussions about the, maybe the last spot or two in the regional rankings. 
another one where we uh, missed. I think Mary Washington could have been up for discussion. We had them in. They were in. Ultimately, we went with Maryville as uh, a team in. They were out in favor of Roanoke. So the list here for Region 6, we have Hampton, Sydney, Randolph, Macon, Guilford, Virginia, Wesleyan, Christopher, Newport, Mary Washington, and Roanoke in our first set of regional rankings here in Region 6. Yeah, I think this was one we definitely called out as being a possibility during our episode. We talked about yep. kind of Roanoke, Bridgewater, and Washington, and Lee being kind of separate from the Maryville, Mary Washington, and Emory, those two trios. Um, we didn't know if we had got it correct. We would have been surprised that they took the SOS. They did. Um, I think during our episode, you and I maybe opted for resumes that looked a little bit more even. We didn't consider 509 to be too much of an outlier resume. Um, and I think what we're seeing so far that when in doubt, maybe the committee will be okay to take the outlier SOS resumes uh, to con con continue to encourage teams to play strong. Um, I don't have a a huge problem with this one, considering the SOS is sort of something we've seen. Um, but again, that like that winning percentage doesn't seem like it would be nationally viable for a pool C selection. So um, it, it, and maybe Maryville's SOS wouldn't really be nationally viable e either way. Um, so I'm not, I'm not totally shocked at this one. We had this kind of like last in first out kind of a thing, but it was a difference between our conclusion, um, and from the episode. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, the, all things we talked about, not, not as surprising here, uh, certainly not on the level of what we saw in region six. We, yeah. we talked about this being a possibility and, you know, in the predictions episode, we went one direction committee went another We can, I think we both see it, understand it. It's just, uh, what we had. And I, and I think. In what we've seen in some of the other examples, this is probably pretty consistent with some of the other decisions they've made. So all the more understandable in that regard. Yeah. And these those ratios between winning percentage and strength of schedule is not really out of line with what we had seen in the past. We were just maybe discounting uh, maybe Roanoke being below an elbow, kind of not really a hard line at 619, but below an, el an elbow. Um, but otherwise, I think we've, we've kind of seen things like this in the past. All right, Matt, that was a rough run for us. Three regions in a row where we missed a team. Let's get to region five where we had all seven. Widener, Catholic, Hood, Johns Hopkins, Gettysburg, Franklin and Marshall, and Eastern it, uh, were our predictions in region five, and that is exactly what we see. Um, I don't think as we were talking about it in our predictions episode, there was really actually a whole lot that, that we could have seen gone a different direction. So no surprise here that uh, we, we went seven for seven. Yeah, in, in the end, though, I'm almost wondering, like, would would Alvernia over Franklin and Marshall, given that what we've seen in strength of schedules, um, you know, would that be something to look at there? I, I don't know. I'd have to kind of crunch the numbers and look at ratios and things like that. But to me, 714-538, that's a, that's a 38 gap in, in SOS over Franklin and Marshall, and which is basically what we saw with Marietta and St. Vincent in a, in a closer winning percentage gap. So, um you know, maybe, maybe surprised at the end of the day, I, I would have to look if there were other, like maybe there were overwhelming common opponents or something between those two teams. I don't think they played head to head, uh, but maybe, maybe it, right now I'm surprised that Franklin and Marshall got in with a 500 strength of schedule. Next up region four, Matt, we were correct with NYU, Rowan, DeSales, Stevens, Penn State, Harrisburg, which was an interesting one just in the discussion we've had yep. coming up and the discussion we had in the predictions as a, as a lower SOS team, uh, TCNJ, and then we had Ramapo, but ultimately the committee went with Stockton in the regional rankings in Region 4. Yeah, we definitely weren't sure where to go with those la that kind of last two 
or last spot in. Um, I think TCNJ was safe for us, but Ramapo versus Stockton. Um, again, we went with maybe a more moderate resume, uh, even SOS and winning percentage a little bit. Uh, Stockton was a little bit more of an extreme case. Um, again, those ratios aren't out of line from what we've seen to put Stockton above Ramapo. They split the head-to-head, so there wasn't anything there. Uh, but again, given what we've seen with the previous regions, very not surprised to see uh, Stockton out and Ramapo in. I think that's going to be kind of what this committee does going forward. And and I don't argue with this one too too much. Region 3, Oswego State, Hobart, Farmingdale State, St. Lawrence, SUNY New Paltz, and Brockport. Uh, and RPI are our ranked teams. Matt, we had Utica in, and uh, that turned out to not be the case. Brockport was the team that we thought would be out who did make this set of regional rankings. Uh, yeah, um, strength of schedules were not good to choose from. Brockport uh, doesn't have a great winning percentage, but their strength of schedule is a little bit more tolerable than Utica. Um Again, I think this is a little bit of a big winning percentage gap. I, I think you can see, say, maybe once your SOS gets that low, gets down to 460, um, maybe things start to get really dicey. Although we do see Farmingdale ranked at a 459, but they, they have a 95% uh, winning percentage. So that, that's fine. Um, you know, it, it's definitely just another example here, Utica versus Brockport, uh, who I don't believe have played. Um, just that, again you don't want to be the SOS outlier. If, you, if you're the SOS outlier, you're probably discounted. And you know maybe if you're choosing between two or three things, that is definitely something that the committees are leaning on. Yeah, another difference, but I think is, is one that's consistent with what we're seeing so far in this set of regional rankings. All right, region two, Matt, this is the smallest region. Uh... Another one that you're here, we went six for six, just six ranked teams in region two, Keene State, Nichols, WPI, Western New England, Clark, and Brandeis. Um, this is one we had, you know, we had the discussion, Brandeis versus Western Connecticut. Uh, you know, knowing what we know today, I don't think we really even would have had that no. discussion. Uh, but ultimately, we did go with Brandeis and consistent with what we've seen, we were able to be correct in that one. Yeah, and that's a massive strength of schedule gap. 426 is very, very low. That's almost as low as you can see. Um, it, for, for a team that's even in remote position to be regionally ranked, Brandeis, the 650 is not unreasonable and the 567 is very good. So I think we had, we were thinking similarly with the committees in this region there. And finally, region one, another one, we went seven for seven, Trinity, Connecticut, Tufts, St. Joseph, Connecticut, Connecticut college, Albertus, Magnus, Williams, and Morrisville state are your ranked teams in week one. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was pretty confident in this one. Now looking back at things, uh, I'm almost surprised that we didn't see Amherst sneak in there against Morrisville State. Um, I know 591 is a very low winning percentage, so that's probably gets very distasteful for a committee to try to rank that team over a team that's won 85% of their games. Uh, but we are talking, um, if you just looked at like a winning percentage to strength of schedule ratio that we saw elsewhere among the regions, that is a discussion to be had is if, if should you or would you rank Amherst above Morrisville State? Um, now, given these numbers here, I would, I would not agree with that, and I would push for Morrisville State for sure. And they did get ranked, so that's good. Um, but I just wonder what the, what the discussion in the Region 1 room and in the National Committee room was like about that, if they, if they, how long they bandied that about, or if Amherst was kind of discarded at some point just saying, you know, 591 is very, very low, and we're just not really going to consider that. 
Yeah, it's one thing to consider a team with a really strong SOS when they're in the 600 range. This one dipping even below that maybe is a tougher sell. Uh, but again, if you're talking in terms of ratios, it's a little bit interesting. Yeah. Yep. All right, Matt. So obviously, as we've talked, what we see today is a little bit different than how the process will play out just because of the limited information in terms of not being able to have a previous set of regional rankings to default to or to to draw in that results versus regionally ranked criteria. Um, so just from that, we've already talked about a couple cases where that's definitely we already know we already can see an impact coming specifically with Marietta um, but with what we've seen here in this set of regional rankings what what do you think we learned we did go 64 out of 69 in terms of total ranked teams yeah so, I, think, I think we did okay. good job team I think we did okay on getting the number of teams correct and I think mostly the teams we missed we were having the conversations about should they or shouldn't be uh, maybe maybe the only one we really didn't was Region 8, I think it was, with St. Norbert, with Wisconsin Lutheran, and with Carthage. We we were just kind of operating under the assumption that St. Norbert would find a way to be above Wisconsin Lutheran due to the head-to-head, and I guess that didn't happen, and so maybe St. Norbert could have been more in that conversation. I think otherwise we we figured maybe that there was a conversation to be had there, so we're not completely surprised. Um, but I think I think the number one thing I learned by looking at these is that SOS is still king to a large degree. That's a that's a big number that the committees are looking for. They want to make sure that teams have played strong schedules, and it's not just like have you been above 500. It's really, you know, you don't really want to be above 525 or below 520 or whatever. We saw St. Vincent, a 515 strength of schedule, um, you know, get passed up drastically in the in the winning percentage column. We didn't think that was a big, big difference. Um, the ratio, the, so the traditional RPI, like kind of an old school division one RPI metric that we used to hear is 25% winning percentage and 75% strength of schedule. I think from what we we saw here, that's like the minimum sort of ratio, if you can think of that, that the committee might be using. And, you know, I don't know that they are specifically using a ratio or that they're using some sort of curve based on where you are in those different metrics. Maybe they're doing something like that. I doubt they are because they don't get any sort of curved metric. Maybe they get an RPI. Um, but they are at a minimum 2575. In my, in my sheets, I kind of use a 0. 0.3, 0. 0.7. I think that had kind of historically matched fairly close. I think this, this year, 7525 is at a minimum what we're using. In a lot of places, I think we saw more of a 20%, 80% ratio. Um, to, because we, we basically figured St. Vincent and Marietta really only have winning percentage and strength of schedule to go against in Region right. 7. Um, to use 20%, 80%, that only gets them very close. That gets them out to like 0. 0.002 different. Still in St. Vincent's um, advantage. You have to kind of go below that 20% ratio in winning percentage. Um, I'd be interested to, to know what those discussions were like and how we came about with St. Vincent. You know, I'm a Calvin fan and Calvin beat Marietta. So I'd love to see Marietta ranked. I'm not, I'm not like that. That helps me out. That helps me feel good. But I just, I just want to know how did we, we come to that, that conclusion? Uh, were, were there other things we were looking at? Were we peeking at some of those quote unquote good wins or results versus regionally ranked opponents that we're not supposed to have at this point and, and, and deciding that Marietta has a better resume? Um, I don't disagree from an absolute standpoint that Marietta has a better resume. I'm just trying to find out from the metrics we're supposed to be able to use, the data we're supposed to be able to use in those primary criteria, how we came to that conclusion. And I don't, I don't think we can, um, unless we're going 
very, 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 very strong on the strength of schedule ratio. And just to be clear about it, since we're making sure we're talking about just the tools we can actually use, RPI is not formally part yeah. of the process, but just using that as a as a tool to be able to to run through the winning percentage and strength of schedule to see how they would have to be weighted for Marietta and St. Vincent to be able to come to just even footing. And this is the way it works out. So that is perhaps a gauge of how uh, important or how heavily weighed strength of schedule is. It's not that RPI is part of the process, but just using the RPI calculation as a tool to, uh, to see yeah. anecdotally maybe how winning percentage and strength of schedule is being weighted compared to each other. Right. Cause you have to make it as, I mean, you can't, there's nothing about winning percentage or strength of schedule that says how they should be compared together. If you just take them two as numbers, so you have to kind of combine them in some way or, or determine what they mean to, to, to give an, a, an answer when you only have two pieces of criteria between these two teams that are different to say, we have a winning percentage, we have an SOS. How do we want to look at those? One has one advantage, one has the other advantage. We have to combine them in some sort of ratio or way. Um, I think the other thing we learned is that 1-0 head-to-head does not mean very much at all. Uh, we hear committee members talk about we have to use the whole all the criteria. We have to consider kind of the total, the total body of the resume. Um, we value all criteria equally. We have head to head results in some of these cases, and it, to me, it does not seem to be weighing much at all. Uh, two examples that we had was Central and Bethany Lutheran. Uh, I think those two teams, just from a like winning percentage and strength of schedule comparison, you have to you have to figure out if they're close. We saw the the team that kind of won that head to head matchup um, in the rankings be the team that literally lost the head to head matchup on the court. That was a case where the road team won. Bethany Lutheran won at Central uh, is what I'm led to believe by looking at schedule, schedule data. Um, so even if you want to consider location there, um, that that didn't seem to overcome the other, you know, you could say they had a two-to-one uh, criteria advantage even, and but that did not overcome it. The other place we did not see 1-0 factor in too much was St. Norbert versus Wisconsin Lutheran. Um, this one I can, I can see discounted a little bit more. Again, it was only one game. It was at... St. Norbert's home home floor, and they won. And there was like a 0 .3, 0 .03 um, strength of schedule gap there. So I can understand on that one, maybe one win, not completely overcoming that for sure. Uh, but it's it's kind of showing at what level do you weigh a 1-0 uh, head-to-head. Uh, the, I think the, the place where we knew there was a 2-0 head-to-head was Whitworth and Whitman in Region 10. But even given ev- everything else we know about the winning percentages and the strength of schedules and how they seem to be weighed, I think you might have just taken um, Whitworth anyway on that one. So I don't know that we saw that overcoming uh, anything either or having a chance to overcome anything. Now, Matt, one other thing to note here, maybe even more than seeing the actual regional rankings. I know you were anxious to see the data sheets mm-hmm. and that's because we, we wanted ultimate confirmation that the strength of schedule calculation is this year, the same as it's been in the past. Uh, you know, less in the episode earlier this week, we referenced the, the episode we did fixing the primary criteria and the strength of schedule calculation is something we talked about um, in, in terms of how the home away multiplier is applied. It's uh, for lack of a better word, wrong. Uh, but it seems to be that that has not been adjusted at all for yeah. this season, um, which in some respects is maybe disappointing. But I guess the good news is everything that's been presented on d3datacast.com along the way, tracking strength of schedule is still the way that it's actually being done. 
and all those numbers as we saw them come out in the data sheets today line up. Yes. And there's also some wonkiness on how non-conference strength of schedule is calculated. Yeah, correct. Uh, and we had heard maybe that the champs committee was looking at changing that this year. We didn't know as of like a week ago, it had that happened. So it's always good as the data, the data people, the data show people with d3datacast.com releasing data. It's always just good to get confirmation that your data matches up to what the committee's using. Uh, it would have been a little bit, you know, of an issue if all of our data had not matched up with the data sheets and I have to go into my spreadsheets and change the columns and change the sortings and get, get different data. Uh, but it does match. The, the data is trustworthy on d3datacast.com as it has been in years past. Um, so, so use that and, and that's still what's being used as same as it's been the last couple of years. All right, looking forward to week two. So now we have actually regionally ranked teams. We can plug them in. Uh, add them instead of just like a projected key win metric on d3datacast.com. If you go to look at regional rank ranking projections and 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 uh, all the information there, all the sorting, it'll be based on who is actually regionally ranked. And we're just kicking off a super fun time of year, Matthew. Glad to be here. Can't wait for can't wait to see how these rankings evolve and get towards tournament selections. All right, Matt, this may be just a bonus episode and not a regular episode, but we still have to thank our Patreon supporters. And it's only been a day since we released our last episode, Matt, but we got some more supporters, including we need to give a great job team named shout out to Bobby Brackett as one of our newest supporters. Thanks to everyone who has joined us on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash d3datacast for more information on how you can dive in and support us at an even deeper level than you already do. We're getting close to filling up this entire first page. I would love to see us have to reformat the slide to be able to get more names on here or something. So appreciate everyone. Shouts to everyone who supported the show. Anyone who's enjoyed the show, shared the show, or gone to d3datacast.com. Love talking about D3 hoops with everyone. Great job, team.